My name is Andrew, and thank you to all of you for being here for College Sunday, as you might have heard. Um, thank you to all those who are helping on the worship team, to Sean and Ming and the others who were greeters this morning, to Julia for leading us in communion, and for Lydia for that wonderful testimony. Um, what an awesome God we serve that he can take our stress away and give us new life instead. So a little bit about me. I, my name is Andrew. I'm a senior at Clarkson University. I'm studying structural engineering, which is basically how to build a bridge or a building out of steel or concrete. It's kind of boring, but super useful. <laughs> um, so I sent the AV guys some pictures, but never told them if they were going to put them up. So let's see if they have them. I'm from Akron, New York. They have a map. Hey, look, there it is. So we're up here where it says your location in Potsdam. I live way down there near Buffalo in Akron, New York um, with my family. They have that picture too. Maybe sick. There's my family. So that's me, my four siblings, my mom and my dad. Um, so yeah, I enjoy spending time with my family a lot. I enjoy playing board games a lot. Had a lot of fun yesterday at the college game day here. It's pretty good. Um, I play ultimate frisbee at Clarkson. I have a lot of fun playing soccer at Clarkson or at home. I also still enjoy playing with Legos, um, as childish as that seems, and I just enjoy that a lot and actually hope to work there one day because I think that'd be really cool. So that's a little bit about me, and today we are continuing our study in James. We'll be specifically looking at James 3, verses 1 through 12. I'm just going to pray again real quick. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this awesome opportunity I have to get to share your word. I pray that you would just give me peace and help me to calm down and slow down. And that just, it would be your words that are shared today, Lord, not mine. That as we dig into your word, you would be glorified and lives would be changed for you. Um, may your spirit be moving and guiding us closer to you, Lord, in this time. In your name, amen. Okay, so James 3. Verses 1 through 2. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. All right, so 
Again, we're in James. This is a small part of a letter that James wrote to Jewish people who had become Christians scattered throughout the world. And as he's introducing this section of the passage, he's speaking specifically to those who wanted to be teachers. So in that time, being able to teach the word of God or anything like that was seen as prestigious. And many people wanted to hold that position to teach others more about God. And James is saying here, specifically to those who want to teach, we need to be careful about what we say because those of us who are teachers, theoretically, people are listening to what we say. And if we're teaching them, they're going to be following it. So in talking about taming the tongue, James is introducing this whole thing by saying, if you want to teach, be careful what you say, because not only will you be accountable for what you do, but also for what others do based on what you have said. And from there, he goes on to talk about the tongue more specifically. So even though the tongue can seem small and insignificant, it can really steer our entire lives, right? So in verses three and four, James is talking about like a bit in a horse's mouth. It's just a little piece of wood, but the rider can have the reins and be steering the horse wherever he wants to go just by using that piece of wood or a ship. Like I'm an engineer. So I think in terms of forces and complicated things like that, but you got a huge ship, okay? You have a lot of water forces pressing on it. It's heavy weight. You have wind pressing on it in all different directions and just little tiny rudder at the back. But the pilot wants to turn left. He turns the rudder and the ship goes that way, even though it's just a little piece of wood. He wants to go the other way. He turns it and the whole ship goes that way. So just like those small things that can have immense impact in their environments, our tongues, though they seem small, have the opportunity to steer our lives. So example from my life, I often struggle with when talking to people, I say what I think people want to hear, not necessarily what I mean. So as a result, I end up saying a lot of things I don't necessarily mean, having to do things I never intended to do, and all of a sudden my life's way over here when I thought I was going this way. So that's just an example of when we're not careful what we say, it can take our whole life off course. Like James 3, 6, it says it has the capacity to set the whole course of one's life on fire, which does not sound great. Um, following along that, he also says that the tongue is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. So I don't know about you, but I don't usually think about my mouth in that capacity, that it's full of evil, set on fire by hell itself. But as James is saying here, it is. We are inherently evil beings. Um, our mouths are restless evil, full of deadly poison, as it says in verse 8. So a lot of times, if we're hurt uh, physically or emotionally, um, we say the first thing that comes to mind, right? And usually that's not good. We say things that are wrong. We say things that hurt people back. And this just creates a cycle of hurt and pain that just is not good. Yeah. So ideally, we would like to be able to control this horrible thing residing in our head because I don't want a restless evil full of deadly poison just doing whatever it wants without my control. That does not sound like a good way to live my life. Um, and as James says in verse 2, 
if we're able to control what we say, we're perfect, able to control every other aspect of our body, right? If we have the self-control to control this part, we have the self-control to control everything else. Unfortunately, he says in verse 8, well, verse 7, all kinds of animals, birds and reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, right? So we as humans have accomplished a lot of great things, um, control over all sorts of animals, advancements in technologies, all sorts of good stuff. But then in verse 8, but no human being can tame the tongue. So that's a problem. Um, we have this big evil just residing in us, but we can't control it. And that's evidenced by what James says through the rest of the passage, just the inconsistency of how we use our tongues. Um, verses 9, we use our tongues to praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. So right, Beverly talked about this last week. We are all made in God's likeness, and we shouldn't be discriminating against one another, which includes not insulting one another, not saying things to tear others down or hurt others. Because, um, right, if we praise God like we're doing here at church, but then I go home and get mad and say something at my brother who God made, that's not right because my brother's made in God's image, even if he's annoying sometimes. Um, so it's just, as James, he put it perfectly, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. We shouldn't be praising God and insulting what he made. That's not right. So, and then as an example, he gives like a salt spring. Can a salt spring produce fresh water? No, a salt spring makes salty water. We can't, as beings who have this inherently evil tongue in us, be truly praising to God and curse others at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. One thing can't make two conflicting things out of it. So I'd really like to control this, but so far we haven't figured out a way to do that, right? But the thing is, speaking as an example as James did, so using the spring example, having salty water come out of the spring isn't necessarily the problem. Saying hurtful things isn't necessarily the problem. The salty spring is the problem. Our hearts is a problem. Because Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, talking to the Pharisees, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So just as James is using this spring example, um, Jesus is putting it more plainly saying, the mouth isn't the problem, our hearts are. See. We're, no matter how much we want like to think around it, we are not good people. We are fallen people. We all have sinned, and we can't fix this on our own. In order to have victory over our tongues, we need victory over the inherent darkness of our hearts, out of which our tongues are speaking. And the awesome thing is Christ did this for us. He came and died in our place. He took the penalty our sins and after three days again he didn't stay dead he rose again victorious over death victorious over sin and in this christ paid for eternal life for all of us so whatever you're struggling with whether it's the tongue 
whether it's greed, whether it's whatever. The real problem is your heart. The real problem is my heart, whatever I'm struggling with. And we don't need to struggle with it. We don't need to defeat it on our own. We can't defeat it on our own because Jesus already defeated it for us. Through his victory over death and sin, he became victorious over everything ever. And the awesome thing is that internal life he won in that, he wants to give to you, he wants to give to me. So when Jesus does that, he takes your old life and just makes it go away and gives you new life instead. And yeah, we'll still have struggles and pain because it's a fallen world, but we'll have Christ's new life in us, guiding us through that. So the worship team can come on back up um, for the closing song. And if anybody wants this new life, anybody doesn't have this, anybody decides, yes, I want to trust Jesus with my life. I want this new life. I want victory over whatever I'm struggling with. Um, I'll be up front after the service. I would love to pray with you um, to invite Jesus into your life. Um, Cause it's just, as Lydia was speaking, the joy and the peace that he brings over stress or whatever we're struggling with is just so amazing. And yeah, if you want that, I would love to help you get that. I'll be up, up front afterwards. Um, also, I believe after the service, after we're all done, there'll be fellowship hour in the back. So it's a perfect opportunity to use our tongues to encourage one another. So there'll be food, there'll be snacks. You can hang out, fellowship, um, build each other up. We're about to praise God. Then let's go out into the week and use our tongues to praise and build up others as well. Lord, thank you for this time and in your word. Thank you for the awesome, awesome thing you've done for us in vic having victory over sin and death and whatever else we, we struggle with. Thank you that you give it to us so freely. Um, thank you for this opportunity now to praise you because um, you just are so awesome for everything you've done. And I pray you bless us as we go throughout our weeks that we'd be able to trust in you more and in your life and use our words to praise you and build others up. In your name, amen.